happy one week to Independence Day. Woo! Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, terrible with the sound effects. You would expect me to have known every single one by now. How's it going, guys? I have a cold. I apologize. Ah, this is going to be a long episode. Ha, <laughs> kidding. The love on episode one was immense. And whew, I genuinely can't wait to see how it goes with this episode this week. Just, do you guys I saw the number of listens between the trailer and episode one and Personally, I feel like marketing team is suddenly using jazz. I'm not complaining. In Nigeria, the 1st of October is the day we celebrate our independence from the British colony. And this year is the 63rd time we are doing it. <sighs> wow. Yeah, 63. Pretty young for a country, actually. America, like, what, 300 and something, and look at them. Now, throughout this week, it's a chance to reflect on many things. There's so much going on, some good, a lot bad. We see the effects of what some would call bad governance on our broken nation. But I'm very hopeful, as always, that Nigeria will get better. That said, if you're looking for someone to blame, there's one family all Nigerians almost by default agree caused all of this when it comes to Nigeria being formed in the first place, the Lugards. But I know for a fact that the majority only know about the life of Lugard with respect to Nigeria and know Flora Shaw as his wife who named Nigeria. Maybe that's true, but maybe it's not exactly true. What I'm about to reveal to you is nothing short of an absolute banger of a Netflix series. This is The Lady and her lord. Part one, the lord. Hiya, I'm Bio, and in case you were wondering, you are now listening to the Water Joke Podcast. A friendly disclaimer before you proceed, continued listening may result in one or more of the following. Involuntary and unrestrained laughter. <laughs> Learning new things. Uh-huh. Enjoyment, being offended, and falling in love. And most importantly, always remember, please don't take everything you hear on here too seriously. I thought about looking into both their histories out of curiosity because there was a conversation I had last year with a couple of podcasters. And we all had the misconception that Flora Shaw rose to the position of wifey from the spot of the side chick or mistress. This was partly influenced by the rise of Quinn Camilla, whose story is one of the most popular tales of the victory of a side chick in history. Turns out that the Lugard story was a lot more interesting than that. First up, Lugard's life was pretty interesting. But then I got annoyed, extremely annoyed, when I found out that his trajectory, his life path, the road he was going on, was significantly altered by something my people refer to as breakfast. Last, last. No, no, not the meal to be eating in mornings or to end fasts. Breakfast. breakfast, noun, may be defined as an overwhelming distress or intense pain caused by the fallout of an emotional attachment, often due to the act of entrusting one's emotions 
to another. You understand? It's heartbreak. And while most people get heartbroken and go to the gym or learn a new skill, these guys started the ball rolling on what eventually became Nigeria and further. I would say that's an oversimplification, but that's pretty accurate. But now to go into detail. Lord Frederick Lugard was born in 1857 in India into a British military family by heritage. It was in his blood. Now, if you're wondering why he was born so far away from England, it's because his parents were out on a mission. A military missionary mission. There's a false slashing between the military and missionary because you'll find out why soon enough. Unlike the rest of his family, Reverend Frederick Lugard Sr., the Lord's father, was not a military man. However, he still served as an army chaplain to the colonial contingent in Madras, India, where he also met Lugard's mother, a CMS missionary. As with tradition, when Lugard reached school age, he was sent back to England to begin his proper education, a first homecoming of sorts. However, barely after reaching England, at the age of five, his mother died giving birth to Frederick Jr.'s only sibling, Edward. Not very important to the story. Losing her while he was all alone and far from home was Lugard's first heartbreak and possibly caused something to snap deep inside of him, leading to an undaunting and cold character that he displayed later on in life, defying any perceived human weakness. <sighs> Poor kid. He must have felt like there was no way home. Now, I'm just going to stop it all right there and see if you guys noticed all the Spider-Man trilogy references. Go back, go back like 30 seconds and listen from the beginning of this last part. You see you, 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 yet, you yet. But many have lost their parents at tender ages, including I. And it wasn't exactly enough to kickstart a villain origin story. However, it's possible that it all became solidified by two things that would happen later in life joining the army and his second heartbreak. Lugard would enroll in the prestigious Sandhurst Military School in 1878, which coincided with the peak of British colonial campaigns for territories to be acquired for purely economic reasons and mostly by combative conquest. Yeah. In fact, these guys wanted new recruits for conquest so bad that a regular two-year course was crammed into eight weeks at the end of which Lugard was commissioned. God, I beg. They put the world in the hands of people that went to school for eight weeks. Well, gentlemen, it has been a very fulfilling two months. Actually, it's been a bit less than two months. <laughs> two months, two years, who can tell the difference? Potato, potato. Just embark on your journeys and figure things out as you go. Plenty trial and error is encouraged. I mean, it's only the lives and futures of billions we're talking about. Ta-ta! As a commissioned officer, Lugard's first posting was to the Afghan War of 1879. Damn, Afghan have been in a lot of wars. After which, he returned to India, his second home. Over the next few years, he was really just flexing with leisures and pastimes. No time for social life. But in his late 20s to early 30s, he finally fell in love with a British woman on a visit to India. She was the one visiting. Obviously, he was already there. <laughs> but Lugard frankly knew nothing about women and so was naive. 
He followed her lead and danced to her tune. After a while, she had to return to England on account of an illness. But back then, they didn't have FaceTime, so long distance was kind of crazy to try, you know? You send one letter, you get the reply two months after, no, no, no. So with all the love in his heart, Lugard took leave and sailed to England to be with his lover in her time of need. When he got there, he discovered the truth. For she had not returned solely based on the matter of an illness. The babe was married! Ah! Fear what? Fear women! She was married all the while he'd known her, and of course, the love was just a pastime for her. I mean, if anyone wanted to justify her, you know, whole infidelity, you could say that she never claimed to be single, Lugard just assumed. Which is why please always ask if you're interested in somebody if they're single. Because some people, if you don't ask them, they will not tell you. And you really can't blame Lugard. Back then, infidelity was still like, unexpected. After this, man went into beast mode. Man with a lot to prove. And he decided to take it out on the world. He sent himself to Tanzania. I kid you not, it was a self-imposed campaign. Nobody sent him. There, he single-handedly took on the Arab slave traders. This is one of the more commonly known side effects of breakfast. You stop caring about your well-being. In his case, he had practically become suicidal. In this campaign, a bullet hit him in the left arm, pierced his chest, and finally found a resting place in his right wrist, along with some paper from his chest pocket. Look, I don't even know how that's possible. I'm just giving you the reported facts. My source is in the episode description. But the summary is he almost died. When he recovered, he went out again, this time to East Africa, around Uganda. He got the Ugandan monarch to sign a treaty with England in 1892. Sometime in 1893, he met a journalist for the Times who was reviewing one of his books for the newspaper, which she was a special correspondent for. Her name was Flora Shaw. From there, he headed to West Africa in 1894. You already know what it is. Niger area for real. He came as a humble man seeking destiny, and he found much more. Funnily enough, since his solo missions were not official orders, they didn't attract any attention until much later. But when they finally did, in 1897, the colonial office was like, man, this guy is crazy, oh. Give him the contract. He would lead the mission to conquer by arms and then administer the Niger area. He eventually became the first governor general of the area. Initially, the geographical entity now known as Nigeria was divided into three major parts, the Northern Protectorate, the Southern Protectorate, and the colony of Lagos. He proposed to Flora Shaw in 1901 and married her in the spring of the following year, at the age of 44. Yeah, he may have taken a lot of time after his last relationship, but I think it was a wise decision. Most people don't allow themselves to digest their breakfast before trying to consume another meal. If you know, you know. Because of certain health issues Flora Shaw was experiencing, aggravated by malaria she contracted in Nigeria, she spent a lot more time away from him in England. Lugard operated majorly in the Northern Protectorate. It was his fave, his main piece. And when he subdued it with the conquest of Sokoto in 1903, it was smooth sailing. The North already had a central system of existing emirates that made spreading rule easy. He didn't change the traditions, but he attempted to preserve them. In 1906, 
he retired to be with his wife. But he was simply too good an administrator to be kept at home. Like, British were like, look at, I don't know how to tell you this so, but you know you're good at your job. But guy, I know I'm good at my job. You know you're good now. Yeah, you're too good. But guy, I know I'm too good now. Oh yeah, come back now. Come back, please. We don't have anybody to, please. England called again and he came out of retirement to accept the governorship of Hong Kong. Fortunately, Sho was able to follow him on this new assignment, the weather being much more favorable. However, she still had to spend much more time recuperating in England. In early 1912, Frederick was asked to return to Nigeria to oversee the amalgamation of his beloved North with the South. South Southgate. <laughs> Who does he know in the South? It was quickly evident that his system in the North couldn't cut it in the South. Everybody was way too proud and too curious. Even rulers didn't have absolute power. His personal dilemma was expressed in a letter to his wife, dated 24th December 1912. On his return to base in Kaduna, after his first official visit to the South, he described his experience as <clears throat> Extraordinary. Northern Nigeria runs itself. In Southern Nigeria, on the other hand, papers pour in and they have large questions of policy. What do they want to do with the policy? <laughs> of course, the entire idea for amalgamation was simply there's so much spending going on in that Nigeria. I don't know if we can keep going at this rate. Why don't we just lump the South that's very prosperous with the North that's somewhat struggling? That way, we spend way less to run the North and get way more from the South. It's a win-win. And that was exactly what they did. Now, he eventually, he being the guard, of course, he eventually retired permanently in 1919 to be with his wife. Lugard later died in 1945, the same year the Second World War ended. Somewhat symbolic, seeing as a man who loved conquest for Mother Britain would die in the year that signified the beginning of the end of the British colonial empire. As you can see, this is the whole butterfly effect thing again. Imagine that married woman never played with his fragile man heart. Imagine if he died from that bullet in Tanzania. So many things could have gone very differently. It's probably the prayers of Reverend Senior. It's good to have pastor parents. So far, I've only mentioned Flora Shaw in bits, and that's because this episode focuses mainly on the Lord. Why? Because her story is way juicier. <laughs> the drama? Ugh. Behind every great man is a great woman, and now she be that. Even though I don't like some of her choices as a person, she has such a great story. I'll round up the chapter of the Lugards in next week's episode, the second part of this series titled The Lady. Until then, stay independent. What the heck was that bio? Another Monday, another joke. But you made it through and didn't die of laughter. Thank God. Our solemn mission is to share this episode with everyone. Friends, family, strangers on the internet, that guy that's toasting you, your lecturer, your boss, heck, your unborn child. Share the funny. Make sure to follow the podcast on our socials at Pod and follow me at Udolibayo. Tweet about it, post screenshots of your favorite timestamps and moments. Tag me and I will respond. I'm not popular enough to air you yet. <laughs> the Joker community on WhatsApp is always looking for new family members. Join to get first-hand info about the podcast you love so much at the link in the description. What a joke. You're really calming this stuff up. Yeah.